Welcome to the Creative Studio. This is the podcast where we conduct experiments in podcasting. Most podcasters stick with the quote unquote normal podcasting practices, but you, you're different. You like to try different things. You do it like this and then you break the mold. This fifth season of the Creative Studio is a production of Podcast Guy Media, LLC. We'll be talking with people that are doing something unique with their podcast. Maybe it's their format, their philosophy, their niche, whatever it is, we're going to find out what makes it tick. We'll see what works and what doesn't. We'll see what we can learn and apply to our own podcasts. You can visit our website at podcastingexperiments.com or creativestudio.academy. Today, we'll be talking with Matt Mitteros from Matt Report Podcast. We're going to hear about the way that he experimented with publishing Netflix style, the power of video, and also his approach to sponsorships. Now, before we jump into the interview today, let's pause for a meta moment. This is where we review one or two podcasts about podcasting on this podcast about podcasting. Today's podcast meta moment is the audacity to podcast with Daniel J. Lewis. His most recent episode is 319. It is released the week of podcast movement 2017. And so he shares with us some of the best podcasting gear for event interviews. He reminds us that no one expects studio quality in these types of situations. So don't stress out over it. And so he reviews over several tech options, depending on your situation from a simple handheld recorder to using a higher quality handheld mic in a recorder to sit down discussions and even video interviews. And so it's definitely a great topic as it's more and more common for podcasters to be going to different events, whether podcasting events or it could be some type of industry event for their particular podcast. And they want to try to capture some live interviews while they're there. So this meta moment has been brought to you by Lipson. They're the media hosts that I use, and it's the number one place that I recommend as I work with new podcasters. I've been recommending them for several years now. They're not a sponsor, but I have recently become an affiliate with them. So if you sign up with Lipson and use the coupon code Josh, J-O-S-H, you can receive a free month of hosting. In fact, it's more than a month because you'll get the rest of this month and next month for free. Just make sure you don't change your hosting level before the free month ends. And so again, go to Lipson.com and sign up using the code Josh. How did you get into podcasting to begin with? So I started when I first got into running my agency, my WordPress agency, and I was out at a local WordCamp. I remember there was a... If you've ever been to a WordCamp, it's a it's fairly affordable event. It's like 20, 30, 40 bucks. And there's a whole bunch of people there in the WordPress space. They have keynote speakers. And I remember seeing some of these keynote speakers coming down the aisle. And a lot of these people in the audience were just like clamoring to talk to these people. Like they were just sort of like these celebrities in the WordPress space. This is like seven, eight years ago. And I just said, man, there's something I need to discover within that, right? why aren't these people talking to other people in the WordPress space? It seems so crazy to me. And at the time I was starting my agency, there were other of my colleagues starting their agencies. And I started to see them grow really, really fast because they were developers themselves. They were really connected into this community. And I said, well, I'm not a developer. <laughs> I'm not an engineer like these folks are. 
I don't have the community clout, but I see how other people are evaluating the community and how much stock they put into that relationship. So I said, well, maybe I'll start a blog or something and I'll just do like a blog and highlight certain individuals. But I was a super fan of Mixergy at the time, which is another podcast. And I was like, I think I might try to be the Mixergy of WordPress, right? This was four or five years ago at this point. And that's how it all started. It started much like what we were talking about as an experiment in the podcasting space, an experiment in the WordPress space. In fact, at the time, very few WordPress podcasts, maybe two at the time. Now there's like 15 to 20. It's pretty insane how many there are right now for such a small niche. But that's how it started. It started as a way for me to sort of get connected in the community and hopefully grow my business, which it had. Well, excellent. Excellent. And so can you tell us a little bit more about your podcast specifically? So Matt Report. Yeah, it's mattreport.com. And basically, it is a breakdown of what's happening in the WordPress space. So I'm interviewing folks who are maybe developers and designers themselves, how they get the job done, how they deal with clients, what's their best advice. I'll talk to agency owners, right? How are you growing an agency? How are you hiring? How are you staffing? How are you managing all of that fun stuff? But I'll also bring in people, you know, just in the general tech space itself or the business space itself to help us learn from a different perspective. So again, most recent episodes with Jason Calacanis of This Week in Startups, and he talks about how to find angel investing for small software startups. Because a lot of people in my audience, they're running small software startups, they're selling WordPress plugins or themes, some of them doing a few hundred bucks a month, some of them doing five to $50,000 a month in sales of digital products. So it's a big range in WordPress, which is great. So I'm just trying to bring in as much of the conversation to help out people like that, you know, just better their business. That's what I'm doing. Well, excellent. Now, the thing that got my attention was when, when someone recommended that I check out talking to you, I mentioned the way that you published at least your last season. I don't know if you've done each season this way, but you did it Netflix style. Can you kind of go into how that approach, first of all, how you came up with that idea and then how that sure. has been working for you. Yeah. So, I mean, like everybody else, I started just interview style, just doing it every week. And, you know, I did that for nearly 100 episodes, just going every single week and not really having a hard schedule or hard plan on how I approach that. So as you maybe have experienced or some of your, your folks in your audience might experience that, after a while, it becomes a lot of work, right? It's just day in and day out. You're planning for that week. You're setting up the episode. You're doing all that fun stuff. And it becomes a little stale, maybe even for your listeners, but certainly for yourself where you want to change things up a little bit. So I'm always experimenting. And it started in season four where I just said, you know what, I'm going to sit down for one month. I'm going to record all these episodes. I'm just going to release them out on my website, Netflix style. And basically they get all uploaded to SoundCloud. Everybody can just sort of feast on all of those episodes at once through SoundCloud or right on my website. But then on iTunes, they would still be released once a week through iTunes. So somebody who's subscribing on their mobile phone, mobile device, they're not just getting hit with 10 episodes all at once through iTunes. But the super fans can go listen to them all on SoundCloud or on the site. But the sort of normal cadence still happens every week, which is a great way for me to also position my sponsorship because I can dedicate an entire landing page to my sponsors. I can dedicate an entire season to only a select few sponsors, which is great for my sponsors, of course, and for my listeners, because they're not getting hit with new sponsorship every week. And yeah, it's just, it ended up being just a great way to do it. And season five was released that way. And in season five, I introduced two new co-hosts to the show. So I only hosted half of the season. The other half of the season was co-hosted by two other gentlemen who took the lead talking about software as a service. 
that was a fun experiment to get some new voices in there, some new perspective. And season six, which is right around the corner sometime in August, there'll be a, it'll go audio and video for this season with an educational component. Everybody who was on the show presented some form of topic. Agencies and SEOs is who I had on the show. And each of them, we had an initial conversation for the first 15 minutes. The next 15 minutes was them presenting their particular topic. I have slides that people will be able to download. So it'll be much more of a value-based season for my listeners, which will be fun. Okay. So I got a couple questions from that. First of all, I want to start with the audio and video. So what's your thoughts behind releasing it as a video podcast also? Is there specific with the video that you think will be beneficial over the audio? Yeah. I mean, when I first started, it was actually both. It was YouTube and audio, but this is four and a half years ago, which is not a lot of time, but in terms of technology and where YouTube was then is now, it was just a lot of work back then to record the video, to edit videos. I mean, even computers weren't (laughs) as fast back then, which is, is laughable to edit videos. Now the software is getting better. YouTube live streaming, Facebook live streaming, all that stuff is just getting much more accessible. Editing software is much more powerful. So it's a lot easier to produce on the post-production side. And yeah, there's a huge connection to video. And I have three YouTube channels. And one of them, if my face wasn't there every time, I know the audience wouldn't tune in because it's just like that personal effect, right? And I think being able to see the folks that you're listening to which isn't for everybody, right? Not a lot of people will tune into the video versus the audio. Much stronger audience on the audio side just because it's much more portable. But I think for growing the audience retention, video is super powerful right now. So I would definitely recommend it. Excellent. And so then the other thing I had a question about was the sponsorship. How is it that you're approaching sponsorship aspect as far as how you contact the sponsors and work with them and Sure. So WordPress is an interesting space because it is a very hyper-focused community a very hyper-focused market, right? There's a lot of products, services in there that the common everyday consumer is not going to sign up for, right? Your average Facebook user is not going to know how to install a theme, download a plugin, or or where to even look. So it is a very much a referral-based business as well. And a lot of that has to do with trust. And because those pockets of companies that have products to sell, plugins, themes, and, and hosting, because those pockets do recognize authority in the space is so valuable, I'm able to position with numbers of listeners that are nowhere near like a mainstream podcast, right? Even like, you know, if I were to bucket in like tech podcasts, there's probably thousands, right? There's probably thousands of tech podcasts out there and YouTube channels. Their structure of making money is probably through like affiliate deals and maybe some sponsorships when they get the numbers, but they have to get big, big numbers because it's such a big, big ocean to swim in. Whereas WordPress is not a big ocean to swim in, but there are some big numbers to be found. And you can only get those big numbers when you have the trust and authority of companies that are willing to sponsor you and your listenership. All that is to say, you know, it's just me going, hey, I've got a trusted voice in the community. I've got probably, you know, one of the most popular WordPress podcasts out there, certainly the highest rated. And I can command a little bit more sponsorship dollars. And I just simply ask. There's no magic to it. I go to the popular companies that I know have a little bit of advertising money to spend. And I pitch them with, you know, getting a sponsorship on the show. I limit my sponsorships so they're not sort of drowned out through, you know, five or six different sponsorships throughout the season. It's just two other people. It's just one or just if I'm approaching one person, there's only one other competing sponsor along the show. So for those 10 or 12 episodes that I release for a season, and that's super valuable to them too. And doing it the next Netflix style, like I mentioned, allows me to sell an entire season at once, which is great value again. 
I can sell higher volumes of ad dollars at once versus piecemealing it per episode. So it's not for every sponsor, but certainly for those that get it and those that have some of the cash to spend on advertising, it's a great win for both parties. All right. Excellent. Yeah. I was curious about those kind of things. And so when I heard that, I didn't realize you had done sponsorship. And so I'm always curious about that. And I hear a lot of other podcasters talk about their approaches to sponsorship. And so I just like trying to get ways that people approach it. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Again, this, I think WordPress is a very particular industry. Maybe other industries can work this way as well, depending on you know what your podcast is in. But there's a big trust factor in recommending products and services in the WordPress space. And certainly not going to approach like MailChimp, right? Because MailChimp sponsors some of the biggest podcasts in the industry. Although my audience fits perfectly with MailChimp, I certainly won't hit the numbers of, I don't know, Leo Laporte or Serial Podcast. Anybody who's sponsoring those, those are, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of downloads per episode. And I won't be able to command the same numbers that I get from my sponsors who totally understand the WordPress space, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And so that works really well then. Is there anything that maybe you haven't tried with your podcast yet that maybe you're thinking that you might try out in the future? It's a great question. I mean, season six is a pretty big splash in the pool for me in terms of structure. One of the things I have always toyed with is sort of going outside of the WordPress pocket, which I do at least a few times every season. You know, I'll do some special episodes every now and again. One of the things I would really like to try is just be more consistent with some live shows would be fun, but it's just a lot of work. <laughs> and I've got a lot going on already, but maybe one challenge to myself is get more strict with some consistent live shows, which I haven't done before, but also sort of toying with expanding the show topic, which is, it can be tough to break into that, to break out of WordPress and into a new vertical, but it's something that I'm certainly willing to try over time. I was wondering with the work that you do, if there's someone that's listening that would like to get some help with their WordPress site or maybe just getting it started, what do you have to be able to offer they might be able to get some help with? Sure. Yeah. So my full-time job is representing Pagely at pagely.com, which is enterprise WordPress hosting. So if anybody falls into that category, I can certainly help them out there. The agency that I co-founded helps a lot of sort of higher ed and larger implementations of WordPress for you know, like startups that are using WordPress in different ways, not just a website, but maybe they're using it as an application. In terms of getting help with WordPress, definitely checking out. There's so many Facebook groups out there that are actually really good to spend some time in. I have a YouTube channel which covers tutorials for WordPress, which is sort of lacking the summer season because <laughs> I have been super busy. But youtube.com slash plugin tut, that's plugin tut, T-U-T. And they can check that out over there. If somebody needs direct help, like, hey, Matt, how can you help me? I have a site called userfeedbackvideos.com. And you know, if you have a website or you have a project and it's already online, I can review it for you at a very, very uh, affordable price. I'll send you a video review of some of the breakdowns of things that you might want to improve on. Or if you want me to look at something and say, hey, you know, can you give me some feedback on this landing page? That's what that service is all about. And you can check that out if you so desire. Well, very good. Very good. I definitely appreciate that. And so is there anything else that you can think of about podcasting, maybe something unique that you think would be worth us talking about right now? 
Well, I mean, you know, it depends on where people are at in their podcasting journey right now. If you're questioning whether or not you should start a podcast, the answer is always yes. <laughs> but, you know, it can be sort of overwhelming for some folks. And I would just recommend that don't worry about biting off more than you can chew because to me, podcasting is not about what we're doing right now, which is a microphone going into Skype, going into an audio recorder. Podcasting to me is about being consistent with producing some kind of audio, video component. And that can happen on Instagram, that can happen on Facebook, that can happen on Twitter, YouTube, and finding the platform that you're most comfortable with right now to start seeing some results right now and not worrying about, gee, where am I going to be in 90 days a year from now? How do I get a thousand subscribers? How do I get 10,000 subscribers? You know, start with getting that message out, start getting comfortable with that. Cause a lot of people aren't comfortable with getting their message out, you know, and do it in a 30 second Instagram story. If that's your gig, install the SoundCloud app on your phone and record yourself through that and upload it right to a SoundCloud account and let people tune in that way. You don't have to go the full Monty of setting up a site, setting up your iTunes right now if that's not what you're comfortable with. So my recommendation would be to start in one of those other areas if you have to. That way you just find your groove, you find your voice and you get going with it. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of get your toe in the water at least. Right. Well, excellent. Well, Matt, I definitely appreciate the time and insight that you were sharing and sure. uh, definitely would encourage people to follow up on the recommendations you made. And then maybe there's something that we can learn from leasing Netflix style that someone might consider for an upcoming portion of their podcast as well. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode of Creative Studio. If you found this podcast helpful or interesting, please share it with a friend. Detailed show notes can be found on the website at podcastingexperiments.com. You can also reach me by calling 405-771-0567. Again, that's 405-771-0567. I would love to hear from you. The Creative Studio is a production of Podcast Guy Media, LLC at podcastguymedia.com.